Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. Do you ever get tired of your boring day-to-day life? I know I do. I should say that I did. Then I decided to do something about it. You see, conventional wisdom says that you live your life and then your parents die and they give you whatever they have left over, an inheritance. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just wasn't good enough for me. So I decided to do something about it, you know? I want my money right now. So one day, I walked right up to my dad and I said to him, Dad, I want what's coming to me right now. That's what my youngest son said to me. I want what's coming to me right now. All I could think of that moment was, I'd like to give you what's coming to you right now. I brought him into this world, and I can make another one just like him. But he's my son, and I love him. So I gave him his money and told him if he could have a better life on his own without me, so be it. He packed his bags, and the next thing I knew, I was out of there. Kissed this boring place goodbye. I had places to go, people to see. So the first thing I did was, my son got lost. I love him, but he's no Magellan. I heard he had to stop for directions at least four times before he even made it out of our hometown. You know what? No, not four, okay? It was three. And and one of them wasn't even my fault. I, I couldn't understand what the guy was saying. I was just like, okay, thank you. And besides that, The only reason I can't follow directions is because somebody never taught me to follow directions. Don't go there. Okay, look, the point is I got out of there and I started to live it up. I mean, I had more friends than I knew what to do with. I was eating like a king. I had the finest clothes and the ladies. (laughs) What can I say about the ladies? I can say something about the ladies. They were women, but they were not ladies. Okay, okay, you know what? Never mind. The the thing was, life was good. Until? Until my son's money ran out around the same time a recession hit our country. There there wasn't any work to be found. I, I mean, I tried. I really tried. But there just weren't jobs. Eventually, I found a job. It wasn't bad. It was a manager's position. It was an associate position at the... Okay, I was a bacon preparation assistant. Which means? I fed pigs. I hated that job. I didn't pay much. I I didn't have enough money for a place to live. There were many days I didn't even have enough money to eat. Sometimes I was so hungry, I would gladly have eaten the disgusting scraps I was feeding the pigs, but I couldn't. They wouldn't let me. So hunger pains is a constant reminder of how I'd squandered everything my father had given me. I lived in agony day after day. day after day after day. I'd watch and I'd wait for my son to come home and my heart would ache as only a parent's heart could for his own child. But hear me on this. I never gave up on him. I never gave up on him. I knew that it would happen one day. One day it hit me. One day I realized that The lowliest of my father's workers lived better than I did. 
At least they had a place to live and food to eat. And I didn't have either one of those things. So I wondered, what if he never comes to his senses? What if he lets pride just get in the way? No, no. I will see him again, again and again. These thoughts ran through my head as I began my journey back to my father's house. I knew what I would do. Um, there's no way that I would accept a handout and, and I couldn't expect him to take me back as his son. So I would ask him to hire me on as a worker. I mean, maybe he would do that, just maybe. Maybe today will be the day that my son will come home. That's what I would say every morning when I'd wake up. Maybe today will be the day that I would see him off in the distance as he makes his way back home. Home. That word means so many things. Comfort, care, security, love, home. I couldn't believe I was just a few hundred yards away from it. It was a beautiful day. I was sitting on my front porch and that's when I saw him. He stood up out of his chair. He looked in my direction. He squinted his eyes to get a better look at me. And then I began to wonder, what if he doesn't take me back? What if, what if I get to him and he just looks at me and he says, I, I told you so, I told, I told you. you so. Some of you would just roll your eyes every time I mentioned my son, but I knew he would come back. I just knew. I just knew this was a bad idea. I knew I shouldn't have done this. And so I just stopped. He just stood there. I couldn't move. I could just stand there. So he jumped. My dad literally jumped off the porch. I'd never seen him do anything like that before. It was like he was this little kid who was excited about something. And then it hit me. He was excited about me. So you know what I did next? I, I ran. ran. My heart was pounding so fast, I just had to get to him. I'd never seen him run so fast. He was running at me with his arms stretched out wide as if to say, welcome home, welcome home. That's what I kept shouting to him. But I don't know if he could hear me, so I just kept shouting it over and over. All I wanted to do was just scoop him up in my arms like he was when he was like a little child and just let him know that everything was going to be okay. And as I got closer to him, I could see tears running down his face. He was crying. Tears of joy. And you know what my son did next? <laughs> I jumped. I was nervous I was excited and so I literally jumped and you know what my father did well I fell backwards he's a big boy <laughs> and then and then he hugged me and he embraced me like only a father can I kept saying over and over again I am so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I don't deserve to be called your son my son is back Get him some clean clothes. Uh, let's give him a meal. No, a feast. For my son will no longer live as an orphan. For all my hopes have come true. I guess it was hope. Hope that made me start that journey back home. Hope that got me through all the miles. A hope that my father would take me back and somehow I could be forgiven. Forgiven. It's all forgiven. And I will never bring it up ever again. There is no shame, there is no guilt, for my son was lost, and now he is found.
That's the story of the prodigal son. Maybe you've heard that before. It's an incredible story. In fact, it's one of three parables. It's the longest parable that Jesus ever gave. That Jesus ever gave. There's two other parables that go with it. The parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost sheep. All of them are to make a point to a group of men, the Pharisees, who couldn't care any less about people that were lost. And Jesus was trying to make a point. And so we're going to look at this today and uh, this parable, and we're going to be studying it over the next four weeks in, in a series called Finding Our Way Back to God. So if you will, think with me for just a second uh, about that uh, how can I say it? Defiant child. Maybe, maybe you, you've had a defiant child. Let me tell you what happened to Kathy and, and, and myself a few weeks ago. Uh, we, we were headed to this place and we were walking along to, to, to look over uh, the river is where we were. And there was this young child, three to four years old, and she begins to move at us. She begins to growl. She begins to show her teeth. And then she sticks her tongue out. Such a sweet child. You know, when we look at a three- or four-year-old, we say, well, that's just the way they are. But what we're going to look at today is an older child who is defiant and who says, says some things to his dad that we never want to hear. So we're going to look at this story. We're just going to look at the very beginning of it this morning. And we're going to look at it. It's in Luke 15, if you have your Bibles. It starts in verse 11. And there in that, in that chapter, there are the two parables. And it says, Jesus continued... Because this is the third one. It says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Give me my inheritance, is what he's saying. So he divided his property between his two sons. Now, as the younger son, he would have only gotten a third of the property. Because the older son, the favored son, would have gotten twice as much. Because he was first. And then it says, Not long after that... The, the younger son got together all that he had. Now, that meant he sold everything that his father had given him, and he got the cash for it because he was given property. It says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine. 2008 happened, okay, in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. This was a good Jewish young man, and he would have nothing to do with pigs, let alone have to feed them. And he says he longed to fill his, stomachs, his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He's in a bad way. He's in a bad place. And as I look at this, and as I see this, I want you to begin to understand, uh, maybe feel a little something here about what this young man caused his father, the shame that he caused the, his father. So just think about it a little bit. When he said, Dad, I want my inheritance, what he was actually saying is, Dad, I wish you were dead. Dad, I, I wish you were dead. I want what's coming to me now. You couldn't die fast enough, Dad, so go ahead and just give it to me. Not a very nice thing to say, is it? Uh, if, if any of your children ever said that to you in a, in a fit of anger? I wish you were dead. Sometimes they do. But he actually meant it. The second thing that, that you would have to look at is you, you look at this, and he says, I want what you have, but I don't want you. Dad, I want your money. Dad, I, I, want, I, I want the wealth, but forget you. I don't want your influence in my life. In fact, I just want to get it and run. If, if you've ever said this, moms and dads, if you've ever said to your children, do you think I'm made of money? 
You probably understand that there a little bit. You understand how, how, how he felt. Now, I, I, I will tell you, but in all of this, the one thing that he's saying throughout it, he's saying, I don't care. I don't care about the family. I don't care about the family. Let me tell you why he wouldn't have cared about the family. He would have gotten property. That property would have been passed down from generation to generation. It was the prized possession. And when he liquidated it for wealth, it was like saying to his family, I don't care about you. It was a slap in the face. If you come to my house and my dining room, there is a beautiful china cabinet. It's very old. My grandmother saved and bought it when she was young. My mother got it when my grandmother died, and when my mother died, it came to me. If I were to sell that china cabinet, it would be like slapping my mom and my grandmother in the face because it was something that they loved very much. And that's exactly what this younger son does. He, 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 sells, he sells the prized possession so that he can get money to go and live however he wants. And, and that's exactly what he did. It would have been an embarrassment to his family. And, and even to the community he grew up in. Because that community would have been a part of raising him. And when they saw him go off and live in a wild living, they, 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 would, have, they, they would have talked about that. They, they, that would have been the, the gossip in town. You know what their kid did? But even on top of that, what makes this story even worse is where this good Jewish young man finds himself. He finds himself in a pig pen. And a good Jewish young man would never end up in a pig pen. He, he wouldn't even get near pigs because they were unclean animals. And, and this, would have, this would have been an embarrassment to the family. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this story, I begin to get a little upset when I see what this young man did to his family. He said, Dad, I, I, I don't even want you around. Dad, I want the money, but I don't want you. Dad, I'm going to sell everything because I don't care a thing about this family. And then he embarrassed the family. Can I tell you what the young man wanted? He wanted more. He wanted more. He wanted more. And this is what you need to understand about more. The quest for more always leads us in the wrong direction. The quest for more leads us in the wrong direction. When we got to have more, we're going to keep going after it. And what I want to show you today are the three mistakes that this prodigal son made... And so that you might understand, because there are mistakes that we often make. I've made all three of them. I've made all three of them in the quest for more. And so as we look at this, this might save us a lot of heartache if we'll learn this lesson from the young man. So the first mistake is this, is that we seek, is that we seek to fulfill our longings on our own. The young man had some longings that he wanted to fulfill. And he thought he could do it on his own. It's a huge mistake to think that we can fulfill our longings on our own. Where did he end up? He ended up in a pig pen. He ended up in a place that he didn't want to be. He thought he could do it on his own. And as I read this story, you know what? These are all God-giving longings that he has. We all have a longing to be loved. We all have a longing to be free from pain. We all have a longing uh, for freedom. We all have a longing for peace and tranquility, and they're all given to us by God. When we say, I can do it on my own, I, I can fulfill those longings on my own, can I tell you where we're going to end up? We're going to head to the pig pen. 
because we can't do it on our own. The, 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 the type of reasoning in our world today, it says that, that we need more. It, it says that, that if it feels good, it must be right. And can we just look around in our society today? Conflict is at an all-time high. Suicide is at an all-time high. Dissatisfaction with life is at an all-time high. People are not satisfied with their lives. And can I tell you what it is? It's because we've been trying to satisfy our desires, our longings on our own. And it doesn't work. It does not work. Frank Sinatra. He sang this song, and, and, and you'll, you'll remember. He, he sang, I did it my way. I'm not going to try to sing it for you. That, that would be cruel. I did it my way. Now, let me tell you about Frank. He was married numerous times. He had numerous affairs. Frank was a rageaholic and often drove people away with his temper. Frank died looking for more. But he did it his way. When we do it his way we end up at a place that we don't want to be. I did it my way. That is actually the theme song of the, 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 the society we live in because we all want to do it our way. Let me tell you what the cure is for this. The cure is to seek the one who created those desires. The prodigal son said, I can do it my way. I know how to take care of my longings, and, and, and that will bring meaning to my life. But what he found out is, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. The only way to find real meaning to our life is to go to the one that created those desires. The one that created those desires is the one that put them in here, and he knows what will best satisfy them. We need that. Just think with me for a minute. You buy a new car. You, you bought this great new car, and you go to the glove box, and right there in the glove box is what you think is the owner's manual. But it's actually an owner's manual for a vacuum cleaner. So you pull it out, and you begin to read this owner manual, and you say, okay, for my car, where do I attach the vacuum bag? Well, it's a, it, it's the owner's manual, isn't it? but it doesn't make any sense. Or where do I put the attachments for the vacuum on this car? But it's not a car. It's not a vacuum. It's a car. And it's not going to work. And that's how it is when we try to satisfy our own desires. We think we can make it work, but it's not going to work. It will not work. So we go to the owner's manual. It's called God's Word. And you know what happens when we begin to look in there? We will discover how we can fulfill our deepest longings. That's the first mistake. It's when we think that we can fulfill our longings on our own. And the cure is to go to the one that created him. The second mistake that this young man made is that he was looking for love in all the wrong places. That would make a great song, wouldn't it? But the words there really describe the world we live in. In this story, the son goes to a distant land and, and, and he's looking for love. He's looking for something that, that, that will, will take care of his needs. And, and, and he says that he went to wild living. I can translate that for you. It means wine, women, and song. He was looking for pleasure. He was looking for love. And you know what? Nothing seemed to work out. Nothing seemed to work out. Why? Because he was looking in the wrong place. It's interesting when I, when I read this, uh, as he went to the wrong places, he, he, he went to the, to the things that the world would tell us is where you will find love. G.K. Chesterton said this. He says, 
The man that knocks on the door of a brothel is seeking God. The man who knocks on the door of a brothel is seeking God. He's seeking a love, but that's not where he's going to find it. Let me tell you about a guy named Glenn Wolf. Uh, you probably never heard of Glenn, uh, but Glenn holds the world's record for the most marriages. He was married 29 times. His last wife was named Linda, and she was on her 23rd marriage. What I'm about to tell you isn't going to sound right, but a son from his 14th wife, that just doesn't sound right, does it, okay? A son from his 14th wife replied when they asked him about his father in all the marriages. He says, well, my dad was just picky. I would say his dad was just compulsively stupid. <laughs> and anybody that would marry him was compulsively stupid. Now, now here, here, here's the thing. Glenn was looking for love, and, and because he didn't go to the source, he, he went all over the place. It, it is amazing. There was one common denominator in all those marriages that went bad, and it was Glenn. And he was looking for something that wasn't going to be found there. It was only going to be found in God. If you find yourself, if you find yourself bouncing from one thing to the next, looking for fulfillment, looking for love, can I tell you, you might have a problem. You might be looking for love in all the wrong places. And here's the cure. And here's the cure it is to go to the source of love. We have a world that has really distorted love today. You know, uh, love is a feeling, right? Love is something that you can fall into, and if you can fall into it, that means that you can probably fall out of it or get out of it. And love is, is uh, we say that we love French fries. Anybody here? Okay. And then we say we make love. So I put the two together, and I think, well, if we make French fries, then we've made love, Right. No, it doesn't work that way. You see how very confusing it can be? And when you read this story, he was definitely looking for love, and it's true. But love isn't about an intense passion. Love isn't about an emotional feeling. Can I tell you that love has always been equated with action? Let's look at, let's look at 1 John, the fourth chapter. It says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is the source of love. And this is how God showed his love. He showed his love. It's something that we can see. It's not just a feeling on the inside, but it's something that we can see. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The source of love is God. And if you want to find love, can I tell you where? You go to God and you look at his son, Jesus Christ. He shows us what love was. It is not an, an intense romantic feeling. It was, it was him crawling up on a cross and dying in our place even though we reject him. That, that's, that's not an intense romantic feeling. Or, or how about this? It, it's that emotion that brings pleasure. Jesus showed his love, and it cost him a lot of pain. It cost him some suffering. That's love. 
And if we really want to find love, we will go to the cross, we will go to Jesus, and we will see him. We will find out at the cross that it doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter if we've been prone to wander. It doesn't matter where we've been, but that Jesus Christ will accept us and love us and want us to come to him. That's love. It's not based on anything that we do, but it's based on the fact that he loves us. That's love. He made a mistake. He tried to fulfill his longings on his own, and that didn't work. He, he looked for love in all the wrong places, and that didn't work. And he just needed to go back to God, the source. And where did the young man find love? When he returned home in the arms of his dad, who was waiting for him. One more mistake. One more mistake, and that was he was trying to please, and this is one that we make, pleasing ourselves or others before pleasing God. The young man wanted to please himself. He wanted to have his desires fulfilled. He wanted to please others, and that's why he squandered all his money in wild living. Let's think about it for just a second. If I showed up here today in what I used to wear 30 years ago, you all would point and laugh, wouldn't you? You would say, he has no clue that he's out. And some of y'all may be saying that anyhow, okay? Stop shaking your head, Jay. Okay? Yeah, some of y'all might be thinking, yeah, you show up dressed like that. But think about this. What if we began to enforce the laws in this land that were enforced just 50 years ago? There wouldn't be enough, there wouldn't be enough room in all the jails for, for what we'd be arresting people for. You see, there's a shifting standard. And when you and I start thinking about pleasing ourselves or pleasing others, you know what happens? The standard is always shifting, and it's an impossibility. We can't do it. And it will drive us absolutely mad. We do this thing to our children. It's absolutely probably the cruelest thing that we can do for our children. It's called middle school and high school. <laughs> yeah, okay. You leave school on Friday thinking you've got it all figured out and that you're cool. And you show up on Monday and somebody is wearing a different type of clothes that now define cool. And you are suddenly no longer anywhere near cool because you don't have that name brand on. It's maddening to, 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 to be in middle school and high school because that's the way it goes. And then there are the different groups. They're the athletes, and then there are the band members, and then there are the, the, they're, they're, there are the, the geeks, I guess, the smart people. There, there's the future farmers of America, the chess club, the math club, and the cheerleaders. And each one of them dressed differently. Each one of them has a different standard. And people go absolutely crazy trying to please everyone. That's the madness of our world. That's the madness that, that, that we try to do because what do we try to do? We try to make everybody happy. And, and there is no way to do it. As your preacher, you know, I decided a long time ago, I'm not going to make everybody happy in, the, in, this, in this place. There's one person, and that's the cure here. The cure is uh, to, to please God before all others. To please God before all others. Proverbs 29 and 25 tells us this. He says uh, that the, 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 the fear of man or, or the trying to please man is a snare. Now, I'm not talking about a drum. I'm talking about that trap that catches us. Okay? 
That trap that catches us and will enslave us, that trap that, 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 that catches us and will make us somebody's lunch, that's what the fear of man is. But when we determine that we're going to please God and we're going to make him the one standard that we have, can I tell you what? That's freeing. Jesus, it says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One standard. One standard. Pleasing him, and you know what pleases him is how we're, just think for just a second, each one of us gets to determine how, how big a gallon of gas is. If you sell gas, what do you want? You want to make a gallon of gas about this big, don't you? Because you can sell lots of it, and at $2 a gallon, you'll become very rich. But for somebody like me that's buying gas, I want the gallon to be great big. So that when I get $2 worth of gas, it fills my tank, and I drive a long way. Yeah, some of you are liking that. But can I tell you what happens then? Because we have different standards, there's conflict. Because we're trying to please different people, there will be conflict. So the, the real key here is to have one standard. Let me tell you what that standard is. It is Jesus Christ. And, and let me help you understand something here. Jesus Christ, as I've already told you, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and the standard will be there. It will be the same. And you know what? It's one that I can handle. The standard is that I should be like Jesus. Okay, that's a little hard. You and I will not be like Jesus. But this is what he says. Will you come to me and follow me and trust me? And, and you're not going to ever be perfect in, in, enough to, to get into heaven, but I'm going to put my righteousness on you, and then you will be perfect enough. That's incredible, isn't it? I can please God through Jesus Christ, but it means that I come to him, I walk with him, and I trust him with my eternity. But if I'm trying to please people, I will be absolutely crazy. I want to look at a couple of verses in Ephesians 4. I want you to kind of get in the mind of this young man, this, uh, this, this, this prodigal. This is what it says. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must... That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles were people in that time that they would have said didn't know God, they didn't believe in God. And he says, I don't want you to live like the Gentiles in their ignorance of not knowing God. In the futility of their thinking, their thinking would have been something like this. I can satisfy my longings on my own. I, I, I want to please everybody, and I will find love out there. That, that's the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. As he moved away from the Father, his thinking becomes dark and he becomes separated. And then it says, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. There, there's this hardness there that moves him away and then says, having lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to sensuality. It, it, it's the senses that matter so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. Another translation says indulge in every kind of evil and they are full of greed. What they want is more. What they want is more and the quest for more often leads us to the wrong way. But this is what I want you to hear. The quest for Jesus always leads us in the right way. The quest for Jesus 
always leads us in the right way. We see a young man that went in the wrong direction. He was desiring more and he moved away from God. And that could be any one of us. I have made all three of those mistakes. I sought to fulfill I sought to fulfill my longings in places that I shouldn't have. I, I, I've sought love in the wrong places. And, and, and I've tried to please people more than God. That's futile. That makes your heart hard. I'm going to leave this guy, and I don't like doing this, but I'm going to leave him in the pig pen today. I'm going to leave him there. We'll get to him next week, okay? I hope that's all right, but this is what I want to do, is I want to give you a chance, if you find yourself in the pig pen, to get out today. In a second, we're going to sing a song, and this is what it says. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been. The love of Jesus is there for us. So I want you to bow your heads right now. Just ask God, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me? Maybe you find yourself in the midst of a mistake right now. Maybe you find yourself in the midst of a mistake. Maybe you've been trying to fulfill your own longings. Maybe you've looked for love and you've been in the wrong place. Maybe you're wrapped up in pleasing people. We'd love for you to take a step today out of the pig pen. We would love for you to, to take a step out of the futility of the thinking that goes with that and begin that quest for Jesus. It might start with you just coming forward and say, I, I need some prayer. I need some prayer. you're here today and, and you need that and when we sing in just a second I, I'm going to tell you the best step you could say is I, I need some help and just to, to publicly state hey I need some help to let people see you you know what that might give you the impetus that might give you somebody that will come along beside you the other thing I'd say if you're here today and your heart's heavy maybe because you have a prodigal we'd love to pray with you about that maybe give you some resources that would help now, maybe you're here today and there's something going on in your life finances medical and you just want some prayer, maybe relationship-wise. You know, it's when that young man turned and went back to the father that things started going right. It didn't matter where he'd been. It didn't matter what he had done. God's good. Father, speak to us right now. And help us to hear your voice and help us to move. Father, help us not to be ashamed to call out for help. Help us to, to be ready to, to do what you would call us to do. And just pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.